Welcome to Trowadron Legends and Lore. Episode 36, Divinities and Cosmic Races. Well, hello and welcome to another exciting episode of Trollodon Legends and Lore. I'm Chad Corey, and this is the end of Season 3, and also the final episode for the year. And so as such, I thought it would be a good time to kind of wrap things up and put a nice little bow on what we've been previously talking about, not just for this season, but for Season 2, where we kind of got started into this long episodic process of expressing and informing you about the various personages of interest, shall we say, related to the Trilodrone cosmos. And we started with the initial beginnings of the Trilodrone pantheon, went through all the gods, the race gods, and now we've uh, wrapped up just recently with the last of the fiendish lords and such that can uh, contribute to the more cultic aspects of I guess you can say, religious mindset in life on the planet, in the cosmos, in a greater sense. So now I wanted to wrap up, like I said, by talking a little bit about some of the other various elements and components that go into making the cosmology as far as who lives, you know, outside of Trollodon and how they play and interact with the greater world itself. And I'm talking primarily about divinities and the cosmic races. But before we get into that, a couple quick announcements and updates I wanted to make you aware of. First of all, thank you for everyone who's been able to take advantage of the box set. I really do appreciate that. And I want to uh, remind people that as we get into now uh, Christmas time, and I guess after Christmas time with stuff coming up next month in January and such, that it's a great opportunity to take advantage of the box set. Again, I'm talking about the Wizard King box set. For though yourself or for other people who might be interested in fantasy in general, I would encourage you, like I said, to take advantage of that. It is uh, been doing really well and thus far, and at least as far as I know. And I'm again thankful for all you guys supporting it and sharing the word and information about it. It does come with a fold out, full color world map for those that are interested, and a really nice slipcase, which I thought turned out pretty well. So you can find out more about that, of course, by going to my website, chadcory.com and just clicking on the uh, box set page and tells you more information about what's involved. I did do a video as well, an unboxing video that will be on the page and on the website. You can take advantage of that and see what is included in that as well. And of course, for those uh, interested, the trilogy itself in individual book form is still available through all the major retailers and online and also as an audiobook and ebook. So plenty of options to take advantage if you're looking for something for a Christmas gift or post-Christmas gift or whatever the case might be. Also, if you have any questions, commentary, feedback, or just general input you wanted to pass on my way regarding this podcast or any episodes that may have been part of it, you can feel free to do so by sending me an email at legends, or excuse me, at lore, L-O-R-E, at Chad Corey, that's C-H-A-D-C-O-R-R-I-E dot com. And I will do my best to, uh, like I said, answer the question or you know, read it and take it in and see if I can address what you're saying or even uh, do some questions and answers and such on this particular uh, podcast in general if it's something I think would be benefiting for everyone or if I get a lot of questions related to the same thing, I can kind of share them on here as well. 
So again, uh, feel free to share that information with me. And also, if you just want to tell me where you are getting access to this podcast, that would be great. I'm always curious to know where the books and podcasts and things are reaching, how they're getting to people's hands, since I don't always have the all <laughs> the all knowing information as far as where they're reaching and such. So getting that sort of information would be helpful. Like I said, it might be beneficial to know where I can do some better marketing or where I can do some more effort to kind of get the word out in different markets or parts of the world or so on and so forth. So that is that. Also, real quick here, if you are interested in following me online, you can do so besides the website. I have uh, some social media channels. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And those are just uh, at Creator Chad. That's C-R-E-A-T-O-R, Chad, C-H-A-D. And again, you can subscribe or follow uh, whatever your preference may be on those. And the same thing is true for Trollodon. I have a website, Trollodon.com, T-R-A-L, they're making me think now, O-D-R-E-N.com. And that is uh, going to be an ever-expanding resource I'm looking to develop for the world setting where you'll get more information about whatever I decide to put on there. Right now it's history backgrounds, um, just a lot of fun other stuff. There's some wallpapers you can download. So it's going to, the, the goal, the idea is to be uh, a one-stop shop for everything Trello drone. So it's going to be information. It's going to be information about the books. It's going to be, uh, like I said, things like wallpapers, fun stuff that you can take advantage of. And uh, it's basically a fan page by the creator of the work. So that makes sense to connect and interact with people um, about the world setting in general. So I'd encourage you to check that out. And if you like, follow the uh, social media tied into that as well. I'm looking to really do better on that and expand on that some more. I've been kind of a busy year this year and have some new plans to make it more engaging and interesting and uh, improved for next year, 2023. So if you want to take advantage of that, it'd be a great time to sign on to that as well. And that's just uh, at Trollodron, pretty much. That's the name, the handle for the social media. And again, that's at the Twitter Facebook and um, Instagram platforms there. Finally, I am on YouTube. I don't always update that much on there, but I do share trailers, sample readings. And again, I'll be trying to do some more uh, information and uh, different things that are better suited to Trollodon, uh, and, and not just Trollodon, but myself in general, the books and things next year. And that's just my name, Chad Corey, and you can find me online there and uh, take advantage of that. So I think that's a good end to the spiel there for this final episode. Let's get into now what we're talking about divinities and cosmic races. First of all, as I mentioned in some previous episodes, divinities are kind of a catch-all phrase for beings or powers that are not necessarily gods, but they're not necessarily cosmic races or other creatures and things that live in the greater cosmos. So they have some abilities, some powers and things, that allow them to be not necessarily equal with the gods, but maybe like a step or two beneath them, and a, a few steps above, like I said, the, the other beings that cause that call the cosmos home. So that means primarily the group that falls into that would be Titan Lords. And Titan Lords, as I mentioned in previous episodes, I believe, were the extension of the Titans. Now, the Titans were the first beginning race, shall we say, of all the uh, creation of the cosmos. And we kind of touched a little bit on that in the beginning with Vicar and his brood and, you know, Enduris and Adon and all those people in earlier episodes back in season two. So if you want to take advantage of that and learn more about that, I encourage you to go back and check out those episodes. 
But in a nutshell, they were one of the first races of beings who basically discovered their true potential and were able to develop and nurture that into a higher level until ultimately we had the Titan Lords. Now, the Titan Lords are, again, Titans who have focused on a particular element of the cosmos. So, you know, if you don't know what I'm talking about, go back to season one where I laid out all the various uh, elements, cosmic elements that comprise the known universe and kind of how they work and how they fit into and build the foundation of reality and so on and so forth. So I'm not going to get too much into that anymore. Just I might touch a little bit on a couple things, but if you want more in-depth, I'd encourage you to check out those previous episodes. So each Titan Lord obviously is going to be focused on a certain Titan, a certain element, excuse me. And so that means we're going to have Lords of Air, we're going to have Lords of Chaos, Lords of Darkness, Lords of Death, Lords of Earth, Lords of Evil and Fire and Good and Ice and Life and Light and Magma and Order and Space and Time and, of course, Water. Now, that's a given because those are all the major elements. Now, there is a couple different divisions there that have developed over the years, and that's with the Lords of Life. They have formed, I don't want to say splinter groups, but they've formed a subgroup of life, and they have focused on a couple different aspects of life, primarily animal and plant life. So in addition to the Lords of Life, you'll have the Lords of Animals, and you have the Lords of Plants. And each one focuses on an individual type of animal. It could be, you know, for instance, it could be, you know, a wolf or a bear or a rabbit or something to that effect. And for the plants, it could be, you know, maple trees, oak trees, you know, short, a certain type of bush or certain type of flower. And that's what they focus on. And so it's kind of, they're, they're still on the, the life side of the equation, but they focus on one certain thing in general. And, and that's their particular charge, and they want to protect and develop and, and nurture that charge as best as they are able, as well as learn from it. So kind of a different uh, division there. I wanted to pass it on. Uh, another thing that is unique is something called Lords of Trilodron. Now, these are Titan Lords who developed during the time the Titans existed on Trilodron, the planet itself. And they were ones to not really focus on a cosmic element like the other ones did, but on the planet itself, a planet of Trilodron. So their mastery and power and such came and was tied to the planet, which is a unique way of development, I guess, because they're the only Titan Lords that have done that. And it seemed to work. So they, they had the ability to have a greater influence and power and mastery over the planet, where they could actually mold and do things with the planet that a lot of people didn't really know could be done before. And again, there was only this select group that existed on Trilodon. There were no other Titans that had this ability. And they were not super long-lived, whereas these other divinities are still around and they exist and they actually rule parts of the cosmos under uh, the various gods and such kind of a hierarchical system of, of rule where a lot of them are, are usually either lords or generals or uh, governors or things and such based upon their government system. The lords of Trilodon don't exist anymore because they were rebellious and they tried to raise themselves up above the gods. If you are familiar with the previous histories I've shared, again, go back to the first season and other, se uh, and other episodes there. 
They were a group of titans that thought that they could do better than the gods and wanted to be free of the gods' rule, and so sought to raise themselves above the gods by actually trying to rebel against them or fight them or defeat them. Obviously, it wasn't the best choice that they made, and they were uh, destroyed as a result of that. And that brought an end to the Lords of Titan, uh, excuse me, Lords of Trilodon on the world, and also whatever knowledge they might have had is kind of lost to, to time. But they did leave some relics and artifacts and such behind that other races who followed on after them kind of took on and developed as their own. And that was kind of a contributing factor to what the Draenors were able to benefit from and from them. Uh, that kind of maybe some people might say kind of helped contribute to their corruption as well over time and had them following a similar path towards the end of their existence on the world as well. Now, a unique twist on this is that in recent times, the Lords of Trilodon are returning, but they're not Titans. There are some Lenorms who have, some say, gifted with the ability that the Lord of Lords of Titans had, Lords of Trilodon, excuse me, had been able to do. And they are using that and adopting that for their own purposes. And it looks like it's a handful of Lenorms initially. And these are uh, beings, Lenorms, for those who don't know, are the original dragons on Trilodon created by Grithgal. And as such, they were made with some supernatural powers and abilities that put them on par in many ways with the original Titans. And so it kind of makes sense that some of their number have been able to advance into what we call like a Titan Lord type of situation. And these in particular are very powerful Lenorms, very long-lived Lenorms, and they're finding that not only do they have the longevity and the ability and the power uh, of you know the Titans of old, but they also now have the ability of being Titan Lords, and particular Lords of Trilodon. So they have the means to mold and alter and change various aspects of the planet to their whim and to their power and some other things as well. I won't get into it at this point. But that is a unique take and a unique um, spin, I guess you can say, on the title Lords of Trilodon. And I uh, hopefully be looking to share more about that phenomena and who's involved with that in the not-too-distant future with some forthcoming publications on that respect. But that is the general concept when we say divinities, who they are and what they incorporate. Again, that would primarily be the Titan Lords. And Titan Lords have the means and ability to, I guess you can say, grant prayers and, and, and do things for followers and such, because again, they walk that level that is just a little bit below the gods, but above all the other uh, cosmic races. So they are oftentimes found in cults or people can make petitions and things to them in times past, and they've been able to grant them. So if you have kind of a nefarious or maybe even mischievous sort of uh, Titan Lord to some extent there, you might be able to find them influencing or doing cults or religions or things in general or even in the past. Now, tied into that as well, I guess there's kind of a subcategory of divinities. They're not really gods necessarily. They're not really having the ability to give you powers and, and abilities necessarily, but that would be the, the fiends and angels. Now, I guess with the fiends and angels, they have the means and abilities to grant you some powers and abilities. Um, some of them do. And uh, I, I covered again, again, previous episodes, what fiends are and, and fiendish lore, fiendish princes are. So go back and check those episodes out if you're interested in that. 
But in, in short, the fiendish lords, I mean, fiendish princes, excuse me, kind of follow the same pattern of the Titan lords in that they, in fact, some of them were previously Titan lords. And what happened was when there was that schism problem, division, whatever you want to call it, when the gods basically took out the Titan lords uh, in the early days of the Trilodron history, and some of them, well, all, all of them, excuse me, were sent to the abyss. Now, those that were sent to the abyss physically, that is, they were, you know, body, spirit, and soul, they became what are called the demons. That is a more physical corruption of their their form. And those that were sent primarily in their spirit and soul forms became devils. That is, they were corrupted primarily in the, the soulish and spiritual realms. They were lacking the, the initial body that got changed. I mean, they gained one when they went to the abyss, but it wasn't their original body that was corrupted with that. So, you know, various different uh, divisions in that. The demons became more infused with the elements and the, the focus of being more corrupted in the, I guess you can say, the natural or physical sense. And so they're they're geared more toward that mindset and, and focus overall, where the, the devils were more geared toward the mental and, and spiritual side of the evil and wickedness that kind of corrupted and twisted them. And that's kind of where they, they were divergent in their corruption and divergent in the pursuit of evil and its per, uh, proliferation across the cosmos and even Trilodron as well. Now, obviously, with the Titan Lords, Titans, of course, became the, the devils and demons, and the Titan Lords became the fiendish lords, I mean, fiendish princes, I guess what's a better way to call them. I, I keep calling them fiendish lords, but they're really fiendish princes, which is kind of like a Titan Lord, like I said. And those are the ones we've been talking about in particular over the last couple episodes, and so you should, you know, like I said, go back and check those out if you're interested in that. There obviously are a lot more than just the ones I cover, but those are the ones that were particularly interested in Trilodon in general and had a hand to play on things early on in its history. Now, the other component of this, which we haven't talked about yet, is angels. And the angels came about in a similar fashion that the fiends did and the, the fiendish princes and such in that people that were loyal to Vicar or loyal to the Titans who had were fighting for their cause during that time of conflict with the Lords of Trowlet and the Fiends and all that kind of stuff going on, they were brought to paradise. And as part of that process, they were changed into angels using the power of that cosmic element and the setting in a world, I guess you can say cosmos itself over there, changing them into these angelic beings. And some of those, the higher-ranking angels, higher up in the, the order, uh, are able to kind of act or interact like the fiendish princes are. Um, again, they're not necessarily inclined to do what some of the fiendish princes are, that is, trying to influence and control people with cults and things. But in the past, people have interacted with and been aware of higher-ranking angelic beings and these beings, because of their unique nature and, and powers and such, were able to grant powers and abilities and things similar to like priests would and such. And so it isn't surprising that, you know, there were small little enclaves of, of orders or, or priests or things that, have, you know, or cults or things that developed over the years tied into that. But again, that's just the angels. That's kind of what I want. I'm not going to get into super great detail on that simply because of their nature they're being good and such they don't have an interest in, in forming cults and they don't really have an interest in going against the gods they actually look and try and work with them to the best of their abilities 
Now, the other component here as we transition into kind of a level in between divinities and cosmic races, there are what are called God spot. And I hinted at, I explained a little bit about that with the first episode on Valora and Sidra and things like that. So if you want more information and more detail on that, please check out those other episodes. I'm not going to get too deep into the waters here on what God spot are. Just going to touch on them again and saying that basically they are the, I guess, offspring, you can say, of a divinity and a lesser being, whether it's a cosmic race or another godspawn or mortal or whatever the case might be. There's something, the blending of the two different uh, different lineages, shall we say, and uh, which brought about a, a greater different being than what has ever existed before in the cosmos. And there are greater and lesser godspawns depending upon your parentage and how things kind of played out in that respect. But in general, they are not gods, they are not really divinities, and they're not really, I mean, they're a type of cosmic race, but there's something kind of kind of in between. And usually they have some abilities of uh, to do things like a divinity or a god might do, but they don't really engender worship or a cult, although they can, like in the case of Valora and Sidra, for examples, but... Uh, they're, they're usually more or less kind of individual beings who kind of make their way in the world for whatever purposes they might try and find their way in the world with or for. But they can, like I said, have a cult. So like I said, they're kind of in between. They're not really necessarily a divinity, but they might be if they get enough power in their, their hands, so to speak. But they're not really necessarily singularly uh, a cosmic race. They're kind of something in between. And again, they can run the gamut as far as what their base components are as far as racial backgrounds, uh, history, timelines. I mean, there have been several that have existed on Trollodon throughout its history, but not more than, you know, I would estimate a rough count, you know, like 12, 13 at the most. And again, those are scattered throughout all of time and different continents and different uh, lands and things. So again, it's not a not a common occurrence. But when it does happen, they are unique, obviously, because they are they do stand out based on their parentage and such. Uh, primarily, like I said, they are based on Trilodron, although there are a few exceptions, such as Sidra and Valora, where they are outside in the greater cosmos as a whole. And that basically is the concept of the Godspawn. The next big thing I wanted to touch on, and these are a very large type of category, but we're talking about cosmic races. And when I say cosmic races, that encompasses the total concept of everything that exists outside of Trilodron. And that, as you can imagine, is a very large, <laughs> expansive concept. And so I just wanted to explain a little bit about what what goes into that. Primarily when we mention cosmic races, we're talking about the incarnates. And incarnates are the original inhabitants, the original creations, I guess you can say, that were self-spawned or spawned in partnership with the cosmic elements. So they're not necessarily divinities because they don't have a separate entity or reality apart from the element for which they were spawned, but they were, or they do have an aspect of them that allows them the means to manipulate, to control, or interact with the element from which they were raised up, shall we say. And as you would imagine, they are primarily geared toward the 
element, I mean the uh, plane or realm for which that element was originally prevalent. And so we have the abysmal incarnates, we have the aerial incarnates, chaotic incarnates, conflagrant incarnates, darkened incarnates, deluvial incarnates, earthen incarnates, expansive incarnates, gelitic incarnates, illuminated incarnates, magmatic incarnates, the ordered incarnates, paradisial incarnates, sequential incarnates, and then we have something that is called the wraith, which is, I guess, a, a variation on an element of evil and an evil incarnate, I guess you can say. Again, I don't want to say too much about that, or abysmal incarnate, excuse me, because uh, there's some history and story and stuff I want to get into about that, but it's kind of something that walks the line between an incarnate and an elemental. And an elemental is not necessarily uh, a cosmic race because it's not really, I guess you can say, intelligent enough on some levels to be that, but it is a form of life that is created out of the element, a uh, cosmic element, and given a form of limited sentience and ability to more or less interact with people and roam the plane around from which they were derived. So... Again, not going to get too much detail on that. They're more or less, I don't want to say like automatons, and, that, and they're not really uh, a life form in the sense that they don't don't have the means to uh, create themselves. They don't really take any sustenance from the reality that they are living in. So they're not really a true life form in that sense. They're more or less a construct that exists, but I guess you can say is kind of a form of an incarnate to some extent. So I just wanted to throw that in there as well. And again, I'm not going to get into all the nitty-gritty of every single incarnate because there's a lot. But primarily, there's about five to seven uh, incarnates for each category. So if you can imagine that's, ah, I'm just doing some rough math there, you know, 50, 60 different uh, incarnates that we can cover at some point in time. Some of them I don't want to get into because they're tied into stories and such, as you know from previous episodes, and I don't want to ruin that just yet. And other things I just don't want to touch right now for various reasons, so... Uh, that, But I wanted to, like I said, share this basic summary of what we've been talking about in general. And I hope with that information, you're more informed now about the, the general idea of what exists out there in the larger cosmic scale and how it ties to and relates to the world of Trollodon in general. Moving forward now for this next season, season four, I want to start focusing on some more historical elements, kind of getting away from the backgrounds and histories of the individual peoples and move more into now some various elements and stories maybe some legends and lore and myth actually that tie into the world of Trollodon itself and that might be the prehistory stuff that might be the latter history stuff current age things I might kind of mix it around a little bit for some variety but that's kind of the direction I want to go for this particular new season so i will see you on the beginning portions of next year for the next episode of this podcast in the meantime have a great end of the year great new year and we will see you next time thanks for listening this podcast is copyright chad Corey. all rights reserved